The Office of Student Life and Leadership at the University of North Carolina presents to you the Carolina Podcast, which is dedicated to bringing conversations from cross-campus students, staff, and faculty on their lives, their organizations, their works, and their experiences in leadership. Through the Carolina Podcast, we want to provide you with the information and tools necessary to empower you, our listeners, to create positive change that is authentic to your value. It's October 25th. Let's jump into the podcast. Hey, y'all. On today's pod, we have an exciting guest, former student Maude Herezi, who is running for Congress in the 1st Congressional District of Connecticut. But first, we are going to briefly go over the local election that we are having this year. And to go over that with us, I'd like to introduce our newest addition to the Carolina Podcast family, our new co-host, Amalia. Hey guys, I'm Amalia Marmalejos. I'm a junior political science major and global studies major, and I am a student leadership coordinator in civic engagement through SLL. Yeah, so what we're going to do is go ahead and jump into the positions that uh, we are going to be voting for. We're going to go ahead and start with uh, Carbro. So we have two candidates, Michael Benson and Damon Siles. And then we can move on to Carbro Town Council. And in this, we have five candidates. We have Barbara Foshi, who's an incumbent, Jacqueline Geist, who's an incumbent, Randy Haven O'Donnell, who's an incumbent, and then we also have Aja Keller and Daniel Noel. And going on to Chapel Hill Mayor, we have three candidates who have filed, and of course the one seat for mayor. We have Zachary Boyce, Hoban Ju, uh, Pam, and Pam Heminger, who is currently our incumbent. And then we have the Chapel Hill Town Council, and they are there are eight candidates who have filed, and there are four seats currently uh, who are opening. We have uh, Robert Beasley, Camille Berry, Andrew Creech, Paris Miller Foshi, Vamila Rajendran, Adam Searing, and Karen Stegman, who is currently the incumbent. And let me also add Jeffrey Hoagland. And then we can move on to Hillsborough Mayor, and we have one seat and one candidate. So it is Jennifer Weaver, who is also the incumbent. And then for Hillsborough Board of Commissioners, we have two seats, three candidates, Robert English, who's the incumbent, Kathleen Ferguson, who's the incumbent, and Anna Linville. Then we're going to move on to the Board of Education. So the Chapel Hill Carborough City Schools Board, there are six candidates who have filed and three seats that we are going to be voting on. We have George Griffin, Ryan Jackson, Riza Jenkins, Meredith Pruitt, Michael Sharpay, and Timothy Sukram. So let's go through some important dates for voting. Absentee by mail voting began October 3rd. You also have the chance to one-stop early voting, which runs from October 14th to the 30th. And election day is Tuesday, November 2nd, and you can vote from 6.30 a.m. to 7.30 p.m. The early voting locations are Carborough Town Hall, Chapel of the Cross on UNC's campus, and Seymour Center. The polling locations for Election Day will be in the description 
along with uh, the website, email addresses, and uh, the social media pages for the candidates that we have talked about today. Amali, I'm so happy to have you on the Carolina Podcast family. I'm so happy to be on. Thanks for having me. Now let's get into my interview with Maude Herezi, who is running for Congress in the 1st Congressional District of Connecticut. Today, my guest is a young person running for the House of Representatives in Connecticut, but also a former Carolina student here to uh, introduce himself. He's a proud Carolina alum. Yes. Uh, hey, everyone. It's Maude Herezi, a 2016 graduate from the great University of North Carolina, and now running for the U.S. House in Connecticut's first congressional district, which is Hartford in the greater Hartford area. Uh, I am a Connecticut native and, and now back home in my home state, uh, using using all of the wonderful things I learned at, at Carolina and, and putting them uh, in, in applying them in the real world. So, yeah. So um, I wanted to thank you for coming on here. You know, one of the funny things is I talked to um, you know a mutual acquaintance of ours, Bobby. And he was like, you know, I had no idea he was actually from Connecticut. I was like, <laughs> man, okay. But um, I just would like to start off with that. You know, how was your upbringing in Connecticut? Um, and ultimately, what drove you to UNC? Yeah, so my upbringing in Connecticut was uh, normal by my standards. Uh, every, I feel like everyone considers their, their kind of childhood to, to be uh, normal because that's all they know. But um, my parents came to the U.S., in the 1980s, they were uh, of Libyan origin and actually fled the country because of persecution and were accepted to the U.S. as asylum seekers. And so moved around a couple of times and then landed in Connecticut, where they raised me and my five siblings. Um, and we had uh, you know, a typical, typical upbringing. Um, we you know, played a lot of sports in the driveway, uh, had a lot of fun. Uh, big family is, is always kind of a, a rowdy crowd. So it was, uh, it, was, uh, it, was a fun, it was a fun childhood. But uh, the thing that eventually brought me to Chapel Hill were, were probably two things. Uh, one, I was a uh, gifted runner, uh, if I can say that myself, but I was one of the best two milers in the country. So I was the 12th best two miler my senior year and uh, was, uh, yeah, I was really fortunate to just be good at running. So I uh, was recruited to a bunch of different colleges and UNC was at the top of that list uh, because it had uh, tremendous uh, academic um, kind of acumen and, and, uh, and uh, you know, really, really good uh, classes and, and all that stuff, but also was really good at sports. Um, and so that, that combination combination was something I was seeking and I found it at UNC. But the second probably big reason was I was really interested in healthcare and health policy. I had a couple of experiences with our healthcare system that really uh, fascinated me, but also enraged me. Um, primarily the fact that my mother had, we needed a kidney surgery, uh, ended up with $20,000 of medical debt, even though we had good insurance. And the other is that shortly after that experience, which I had no idea had occurred, um, that my parents had this medical debt, I went to that same hospital with pneumonia, unable to breathe and uh, was delayed my treatment because the hospital felt that it was necessary to interrogate me and ask me how I was going to pay off this medical debt as a 17 year old. And so I was nearly killed that day by our healthcare system, but um, I left thankfully alive. Uh, but fixated on this issue of healthcare reform. And so UNC has one of the best schools of public health in the country. And so I was, I was uh, absolutely uh, committed to, to finding a way to, to make it to UNC and, and study public health. And, uh, and that's what I ended up doing. So that, that's what, that's kind of what drove me to, to Chapel Hill. Yeah. It seems like we have um, 
I'm liking that I, I already identify with you. Um, my parents immigrated here, you know, as well. Um, just to find a better life. So I'm Honduran and um, they ended up coming to North Carolina to work on the farms. And we've been here ever since. And unlike you, I run, I am not gifted though. So that is, that is um, interesting. I'm but also no longer gifted anymore. Uh, I used to have it. Now, now, now I focus on a different type of race running for Congress. So I, lo I lost my capabilities. Okay. You just transitioned over skill set, yeah. but um, I'm, with your formative experiences uh, with, you know, healthcare, I'm guessing this is a big priority for you as you are campaigning, you know, across your district. Um, but beyond that, you know, what are other things that you are particularly really passionate about um, as you are, you know, in this race and, you know, things that you hope people will see that your type of leadership is needed in this area? Yeah, so absolutely, healthcare is top of the list uh, because of my own lived experiences, but because my lived experiences are not unique to me and they are afflicting millions of Americans all across this country. And I never want anyone to suffer uh, bankruptcy or have to choose between medications or treatment and you know putting food on the table or keeping their their house uh, and paying their mortgage. So that, that that's a huge priority, absolutely. Uh, the other things are top of the list is uh, climate change in our environment because literally nothing else matters if we don't have a habitable planet. And we know, now know that uh, climate change is only accelerating. We're not doing nearly enough. And we have uh, about nine years is what experts estimate is left until there is irreversible catastrophic climate change, which we are already beginning to see the effects of. Um, I, you know, I feel like every time I turn on the news, I hear about a once in a century storm uh, happening somewhere in the country or a once in a century wildfire. And, uh, and we are honestly, one of the countries that is better off so far. Uh, we've seen countries such as Indonesia literally move its capital uh, because it's going to be underwater soon. And that's uh, you know an enormous country. That's that's not something that they do lightly. Um, and so climate change is, is high up on the list. Uh, economic justice for me is, is huge. My family had to foreclose on our house because of the Great Recession, uh, where these greedy bankers in Wall Street just wrecked the world economy, uh, making, making millions and billions of dollars, uh, getting a bailout, uh, and then everyone else got screwed over. And so Connecticut is the only union in, this, in the country that never actually is the only state in the union that actually never uh, recovered after the Great Recession. And so it's a huge priority for us in Connecticut to make sure that we have a more just uh, economy. And that means raising the minimum wage, uh, doing things like making sure uh, colleges uh, are more affordable and that we're, we're forgiving student debt. Uh, it's making sure that unions are really strong and that they're able to collectively bargain to make sure that people are getting a fair wage for the work they do. Um, so economic justice is a big, big component. And, you know, that, that's a few of the kind of the pillars of this campaign, but our campaign is centered around a more just world and more just uh, communities and society. Yeah, so um, that is, first of all, that's amazing. I'm, I'm so happy to hear that. Um, you know, going from that, you, um, you are, you know, young, ambitious, and you have a, you know, a big agenda plan, you know, to help out um, your district, you know, I'm guessing that a lot of what you have now skill set, some of it you happen to learn. Well, at Carolina, what was your experience like here? Um, while you attended? And I do recall you're a union employee as well. You were right with uh, Carolina. Oh, yes. Yeah, definitely worked at the Carolina Union. 
the student yeah. union over at, at UNC and uh, had a great experience. That's how I met Bobby and we became pals there. Uh, but yeah, I worked there and uh, and I recommended to everyone after I got the job. I was like, this is to work. It's a lot of fun. So uh, we share that as well, as well as being uh, immigrants in UNC, uh, uh, you know, be within the UNC family. But uh, I learned a, a ton at UNC. It opened my eyes completely. Uh, like I told you, I was coming in with this interest in healthcare reform. And so as soon as I got admitted into the school of public health and started studying there, it was just kind of like drinking from a fire hose. I was so eager to learn as much as I could. But the, the biggest realizations that I took away were, um, well, when I was going into, I wasn't sure whether I wanted to be a doctor or a lawyer. Uh, and, and so I picked health policy to kind of help me uh, differentiate. And so as I got involved, I learned quickly that I wanted to focus on making sure people were healthy. And I realized that health outcomes are tied to much more than clinical care and bedside care. And that to be healthy, there are uh, these social determinants of health, uh, things like the food you eat, uh, the ability to exercise, is your community safe? How is the criminal, criminal justice system interacting with you and your neighborhood? Um, are you able to access a livable wage? And that there were there were kind of a a kind of a, a plethora of of uh, elements that were being that were being filtered in to decide how healthy you're going to be. And that you can literally live a couple of blocks away from a very wealthy neighborhood and have a completely different life expectancy. And so once I realized that being a doctor is not sufficient to actually keep people healthy, and that yes, you would be equipped to treat some of their illnesses, but you wouldn't be able and equipped to treat the underlying symptoms and the underlying causes that actually are causing their their illness. Um, so, so I, I started to wonder whether you know medicine was the right was the right path. And then the second thing I realized was that all of these elements typically originated from a source, which was our political arenas. In that you know the way that people were paid, the way that uh, kind of food deserts were were manifesting, the way that. Uh, there, there were unsafe spaces in, in certain neighborhoods and, uh, you know, and, and there was an inaccessibility to exercise areas. These, these were all decisions that were being made at a political level, whether it was state legislatures, city councils, or Congress. Um, and so putting these two pieces together, I realized that, you know, medicine wasn't necessarily the right path for me and that I was much more interested in getting to the underlying structural problems that, were, that we were seeing and what was leading to a lot of the rises of the problems that I was interested in. And so I decided to, to shift from uh, medicine to policy and politics and government. And uh, that, that was probably the biggest learning that I had uh, when, while at UNC. Gotcha. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. You know, going off of what you said, so you've learned this, uh, that you wanted to take this different path. So what did you end up pursuing um, after you left uh, UNC? I know you're currently running um, uh, for house, but what did you do in the time between? Yeah. So I actually had a professor that, that told me uh, shortly before graduating, he gave me the advice that if you, if you think you really know what you want to do, then try some things that you aren't, uh, that you aren't, you aren't certain whether you, you'd like them or not. And, and you will either find out that you like more than one thing or that you really like this one thing that you're passionate about. So I took that advice and um, I didn't want to do anything super conventional. So uh, the, my first job was I joined a couple of friends and we launched a health tech startup in, uh, in Philadelphia. And so I'd never done anything like that, was not super business oriented. And uh, it was kind of a new challenge, but did that for about a year and a half. And it was, it was a health tech startup that was focused on medication non-adherence. And uh, some, of the, some of my friends invented a smart pillbox, kind of the smartification of pillboxes as it sounds and had a bunch of gadgets and, and technology uh, in there. And so we tried, tried to bring that to market. Uh, and so that, that was a really uh, unique experience based on what I'd done before. Uh, but after that, I worked a little bit on the research end of things and uh, was focused on the opioid epidemic, 
which is currently just uh, just plaguing so many of our communities. Uh, and so I, I wanted to see one, how is research conducted? Uh, this kind of uh, first original source research, uh, which I'd read a lot of, but I've never actually done. And so I spent about eight months working on that. Federal government was running. And, uh, and, and after that, I worked on the Hill, on Capitol Hill for a US Senator, uh, for Senator Chris Murphy as a policy advisor, focusing uh, a lot on healthcare, but also on things like immigration, uh, foreign policy, housing, social security, women's rights, and got to see firsthand how our government operates, how is policy made, how is the legislative process uh, conducted, and really just um, just gained so much insight and knowledge of, of how our how our politics and government operates, which uh, you know you can connect connect those dots to where I am now and, and why I decided to run. So good thing you heeded that advice um, yeah. and explored. Um, so what in you know doing this is no small feat. It takes a lot, um, and I just basically what you could you know sum it up like why are you running why did you decide to run for office besides all the policy and stuff you just felt like it's time for new leadership or you know yeah yeah it, the reason i decided to run is that the status quo has to change and, it, and it's up to us to change it uh it, that might sound cliche but it's what i saw firsthand while working in congress uh, time is ticking we have a nine-year ticking time bomb of climate change uh, we have our democracy regressing. We see democracies regressing all across the world. Uh, we see, you know, an economic crisis, 40, 40 years of assault on working families. Um, we see, so that's, that's the sign went down. That's totally fine. But um, so we see this assault on working families happening all across this country. And uh, now two individuals own more wealth than 40% of Americans and three own more than half Americans. Uh, and it's just unsustainable kind of the pathway we've taken. Uh, and unless we break this this uh, bond that our our government has to corporate money, then I feel like we are really in for a scary future. Um, you know, Trump is just the first kind of step of that future. But um, I, I decided that I, I couldn't wait any longer. Things were getting really bad, and I wasn't seeing enough urgency from elected officials that I felt like it was kind of uh, necessary. So I decided to to get it, get involved and run for office myself. Yeah, well, that's that's awesome. Um, you know, through my office, the Student Life and Leadership Office, we really believe in creating change that is in accordance with the values that you hold. So, you know, given your values and uh, what you hope to uh, kind of work on, um, what exactly are your hopes if you were to get elected to the House of Representatives? Yeah, uh, it, there's a long list of things we want to accomplish. Uh, you know, this campaign wants to accomplish when and if we're elected. Uh, but uh, top of the agenda is is healthcare, making sure that everyone can access affordable healthcare, uh, making sure that we can uh, protect our planet and pass this this uh, important piece of legislation uh, regarding Green New Deal and, and really kind of uh, changing how our economy is is powered and and energized. Um, but the biggest thing we want to do is change the narrative, really kind of inject some urgency into the conversation. We should not be beholden to corporate interests. We should not be limiting our imagination of what is possible for our future. We should, you know, we, we, we should not look to other, other countries for, for guidance. We should be leaders. Uh, we shouldn't say, oh, you know, Scandinavia can do this. So why can't we? We should, we should be leading these, these efforts. Uh, 
the, uh, our country is the world's most wealthy country on the face of the earth, and we should be uh, living in a way that reflects that that wealth. Um, and yeah, it, it, it's uh, I think there really needs to be just a tectonic shift in the way our government operates, its ethos, its its urgency. Um, and so that that's the biggest thing that we want to accomplish is, is inject that urgency in there and really get get our government working for uh, middle class, poor Americans again. Yeah, I get. Thank you for sharing. Um, you know. Currently, I'm a student. You were a student once. You know, students listen to this podcast. So, you know, graduating now, you know, pursuing something greater for a good cause. Uh, you know, what is a advice that you would give to students right now or anyone who's listening for that matter? Yeah. So the, the advice that I give everyone is uh, follow your dreams and pursue them. Uh, never, never take no for an answer. Uh, imagine the future that you want to see and find a way that you can hopefully help bring that about and effectuate that future. And, uh, you know, think big, think boldly. I think young people are necessary for a better future because we have uh, a real sense of optimism that, you know, some people may lose as they age and get older. Uh, but I think as young people, especially people who are at universities or, you know, recent graduates, like we, we still, we still believe that we can transform the world. And I'd say never lose that spirit, keep that with you and, and find ways to, 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 you know, to implement that, that transformation that you want to see in whatever you're working on or whatever field you're in and uh, never, yeah, never let anyone try to discourage you from doing that. That's great. I'll, I'll, I'll take that myself. I need some uplifting here. Uh, keep that spirit high. Um, I know you are currently, like you said, campaigning. So I'm guessing you're doing a little bit of traveling. So, um, you know, what, just, um, what is your favorite song right now that you listen to? <laughs> That's, uh, a good question. It's a good question. Uh, I haven't gotten that one yet. Uh, I, I'm very, very basic with my music choices. I probably keep the same like five songs on repeat, and then and then you know switch one out and add a new one once I once I somehow come across a new song. Um, but most of my songs come from my younger sisters who are on TikTok very often. So I think all my songs are TikTok songs right now. Uh, I'm not too present on TikTok, but I think there's it's "Stay" by uh, Justin Bieber. I think that's a great popular TikTok song, but that, that's one that's been on uh, repeat. Uh, a good, too Good For You or Good For You, Olivia Rodrigo, I think. That one was a, was a summer favorite. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm very, very basic with my music choices. And once I hear a good song, I just kind of add it to my playlist and keep it on repeat. I guess we have that in common because I'm not going to lie. I feel like every two years I'm switching one song out for another one. I've been replaying the whole time. So yeah. I fail you on that one. Um, so I do want to thank you for coming. If there's a, there's anything you want to share with us, anything else that you compelled to say? Yeah. So I'll, I'll just leave, uh, I'm imagining most of the listeners will be young people. And, and I, I truly believe that young people have always been at the forefront of, of pushing change, real change, not just rhetoric. And I, I hope that folks at UNC continue that legacy and anyone who's listening, uh, we need young people to get involved when we get involved, the world is changed for a uh, for the better and so um i think sometimes uh, older people tend to to uh you know try to suppress uh, our our sense of urgency but i think when we uh when we are 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 uh, aware of how much power we hold and, and try to flex that power uh, we can really create a much better world and, and transform it like i said uh so so that, that's something that i would remind young people of is that we, we really have a lot of power and we can wield it and uh and utilize it to, to bring about a much better world uh and then the last thing is that if anyone is listening listening wants to learn more about myself or the campaign they can visit the campaign website which is my last name harazi 
So H-R-E-Z as in zebra, I.com, crazy.com. And uh, there you can, you can read my bio, uh, see our policy platform. We continue to add new uh, kind of policy pages up there. And uh, you can follow us on social media and uh, stay up to date that way. But uh, we, we would love to, to continue to grow our campaign and uh, bring more people in and really just continue to power this movement with uh, everyday, everyday, everyday Americans from all across the country. Uh, and so we're excited about the, the campaign, the movement we're building. And uh, yeah, hopefully your listeners will, will join us on this journey. Uh, yeah, thank you for coming on. I know you must be busy. Um, but I wanted to thank you for, you know, speaking to the young people right now. There's a lot going on and uh, we really do need to keep that fighting spirit because um, otherwise I, I don't know who else is going to push us forward. So I want to, you know, first of all, thank you. Um, and also just not thank you in general, but thank you for running. Like as a, as a person getting in this fight young, I, I think that's pretty sick. So, um, like I said, um, thank you for joining us and I hope to speak to you soon and that everything goes well. I appreciate it, Everson. And there, 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 there's solidarity among young people, young people. We all are kind of going through a lot of similar challenges, uh, you know, student debt, uh, economic outlook is, is not great. And so I think there's a bond that really kind of links us all together. And uh, I, I always feel uh, a sense of community with younger people um, because we, we know that the challenges that lie ahead are our challenges in that we're going to be uh, kind of uh, inheriting these challenges together. And so I think the only way to get through them is together. So uh, thank you for having me on. Grateful for the opportunity to chat. And uh, yeah, definitely hope to, to stay connected with you and your audience and, and folks at UNC. And, and uh, yeah, really excited for, for the, the journey that we can all hopefully uh, go on together. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much.